0: Hey guys, welcome back to Tamid's Thought. I'm your host Tamid Ahmed. And before I start today's show, I just wanted to say thank you for everyone that listened to the first podcast. It means so much to me. I got a lot of good feedback. Hopefully this one sounds a little bit better. Um, That's the goal. I just want to improve the podcast day in, day out. So hopefully this one sounds a little bit better and let's get started with the show. So today's show is mostly going to be about the NFL games that took place today. But before I start, all right, last week I said a lot of good things about the LA Clippers. And <laughs> today, today, they let me down, man. Um, the Clippers, they set a new record, believe it or not. Their record was they had a 50-point deficit going into half, which is the largest since the shot clock was introduced in 1955. How crazy is that? That's 65 years, man. And I was saying some good stuff about the Clippers. I, d- I don't know what happened to them. Um, playoff P or uh, playoff Paul George, whatever you want to call him. He played for uh, 24 minutes, dropped 15 points. Serge Ibaka had uh, 13 points in 20 minutes. The final score to the game was 124-73. to 73. Yeah. So that's how crazy this game was. They lost by 51 points. They couldn't even make up any of the points. But anyways, let's switch gears for now. And let's talk about the Pro Bowl. I know I, I know there's a lot of uh, NFL games that you guys want me to get into, especially the Miami Raiders game. Come in, guys. Just be patient. I didn't know that the NFL dropped their Pro, uh, pro Bowl selections. And I got to say that they got most of it right, in my opinion. The quarterbacks for the NFC were Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Rodgers. They all deserve it. In the AFC, it was... Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and uh Deshaun Watson. I personally would have put I personally would have put Tannehill over Deshaun Watson. But if you look at the stats, Watson is a bit better than Tannehill. Um his QBR is uh two points higher. Uh he has more passing yards than Tannehill. So it makes sense that they put Watson in, and Watson is the uh, only bright spot in that Houston team in my opinion. So it makes sense. The one that I did have a problem with, though, was why did they put Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram over Robert Tonian? 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 Robert Tonian? Robert Tonian. Okay, if you look at the stats. All right, let's look at the stats real quick. Evan Ingram played 15 games. He had 61 receptions, uh, 637 yards, one touchdown. One. Numero uno. One touchdown. Robert Tonian had 49 receptions. 551 yards and 10 touchdowns 10 let that sink in for a second he had 10 touchdowns how do you put Evan Ingram over him well you might say well to me he had more reception but as a tight end you're not really worried about getting receptions in yardage you're more worried about being a threat in the red zone and this man had 10 times the amount of reception touchdown compared to Evan Ingram Rob Gronkowski had more touchdowns than this guy I would honestly put Rob Gronkowski over Evan Ingram into the Pro Bowl. Like, dead serious. Honestly. But that was the only beef I saw. On the defensive side, they got most of the picks right. I prefer a few guys over others, but, you know, that's just my preference. Alright, so let's go ahead and start with the NFL game. Week. The first game we had was the Lions Bucks game. I'm not really going to talk too much about that game because it was a blowout. And the Bucks, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have clinched a playoff berth in 15 years, I think. So, yeah, congratulations, Bucks. Bucks Nation, you guys deserve it. Next, let's talk about the Miami Raiders game. Okay, this game was probably the best game I've seen this season. Unless I'm forgetting something or I'm being a prisoner of the moment. Early on, what happened was the Raiders couldn't really finish their drives. They'd get to the red zone, they'd kick field goals. But the Raiders were, you know, offensively dominating the game. They were dominating the time and possession, the yardage, and everything. Miami got a few field goals, but and um, Tua scored on the opening drive of the second half. So, in the start of the fourth quarter, it was 13-16. Um, to 16. The Raiders were winning by three. And then, with about nine minutes left, I think, to the game, Fitzmagic came in. Ryan Fitzmagic, ladies and gentlemen. And the game just changed, man. You could see the offense was responding a lot better to him. They they were marching down the field. They could have easily scored a touchdown, except um they had, you could say, two drop passes. And then they settled for a field goal. And it was 16-16 with four minutes left. Okay. So... Miami kicks off. It's first and 20 Raiders. First play. First play, they go and score a touchdown. Okay. Now, the next part is very important. They miss the extra point, though. Okay. So then, Fitzmagic gets the ball. Boom, boom, boom. Three plays. Touchdown. Now, Miami makes the extra point. So, it's 22-21. Raiders get the ball. And... Derek Hart throws uh, throws up a ball. They get a pass interference call. They get to the goal line, and then they just start chewing the clock a little bit. Miami has a uh, neutral infraction against them. So they wind the clock down to about uh, 23 seconds, and they kick a field goal. Okay, so Miami gets the ball back. I honestly thought the game was over at that point, but I just had the game on just for like, you know, uh, why not? Let's just see um what the final stats are. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, ladies and gentlemen, throws a pass. Okay? I, I, you have to see the clip on this. You have to. After the podcast, please look up Ryan Fitzpatrick's pass. Okay? He throws a pass with literally a f- hand in his face. Okay? And I'm not talking about the hands in his face after he releases the ball. As he's going back to throw, the hands in his face, he releases it. It's a blown coverage. The guy catches the ball. I think it was a it was a 30, 30 to 35-yard pass. They get to um, the 40-yard line plus 15 yards because it's um, hands to the face on the defense. They kick the field goal, and they win the game. Wow. They win by one point. What a game. Ryan Fitzmagic, again, strikes again. It, it was probably the best game I've seen this season unless I'm being uh, the prisoner of the moment sort of thing. Now actually, never mind. The best game I've seen uh, this season was the Cleveland uh Cleveland Ravens game. But this 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 game was pretty good too. Um this game was probably the best game I've seen on Saturday for sure. That was the Dolphins versus Raiders game. You guys let me know what you guys thought of that game. I thought it was an amazing game. Ryan Fitzpatrick has to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, I think. Tua did a good job, but, like, I don't know why he lost his starting spot in the first place. But I think he deserves to start for next week. We'll talk about the playoff picture a little bit later on the show. Okay, the next game was the Eagles-Cowboys game. The Eagles started off hot. Um, this game was um, a really good game in the first half. Um, Jalen Hurt, uh was doing um, everything. He was doing a good job of moving around the pocket, making his passes, taking off by himself. Um, he was doing a really good job. He did a good job, and then in the second half, the Dallas passing game started picking picking up a little bit. At the end of the half, the Eagles were only down by three points, so no biggie. But in the second half, the Dallas passing game made some big plays, man. Made some big plays. CeeDee Lane, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, those guys made some big plays. Don got two passing touchdowns within like the first seven minutes of the half. Towards the end of the third, Darius Lee got a pick, which was big because they were only down by two touchdowns and a field goal. So they were down by uh, 17 points. It was 30 to 14. And th- this is what pains me. The Eagles didn't do a good job when they had their opportunities. Okay. So Darius, um, Darius Lee gets the pick. He goes. Um, he goes to about the 30 yard line. The Eagles get a holding call. Okay, great. Then, they get three, three, not one, not two, but three false start, and it knocks them out of the field goal range. Like, bruh, what are you doing? You're down by 17 points. You're out of field goal. Then, you know, it's the fourth quarter now. Dallas starts feeding Zeke. Um, He starts chewing some clock. And then the Eagles get the ball back, though. Um, they start off on their 10-yard line. They start marching down the field. And oh my god, man. Jalen Hurts throws a pick in the red zone. And and then that's really the game. Jalen Hurts threw for um three hundred and forty two yards, one touchdown, two picks and sixty nine rushing yards. I think this um I think Jalen Hurts is gonna have a good future in Philadelphia. What he needs to do is he needs to be patient though. If you have a little bit more experience, uh he wouldn't make those throws those pick um you know the pick in the red zone um he needs to be a little more patient he was running outside the pocket a lot and Dallas started containing him a little bit more in the second half but i think Jalen Hurts is definitely the answer over Carson Wentz he did a he did a good job and i know the eagles are out of the playoff officially but Jalen Hurts did a good job okay next all right this was my favorite game of the day this was the steelers colts game so, the Steelers Colts game was 7 um, 7 at the end of the first quarter. Nothing really went on. The Colts were marching down the field a little bit, and then the the Steelers defense got a strip sack. They got the ball, they ran it down to about the four yard line. James Conner punched it in, it was 77. Then the Colts got hot. They put two touchdowns on the Steelers and at halftime, it was 21 to 7. To start off the second half, the Colts march down the field, but they don't they give up a field goal. The serious defense gives up a field goal. I kid you not, I saw the old Big Ben today. The old Big Ben. In the second half, they got four pass interference calls. And the way that the Steelers started playing the game changed. Okay. They were not looking for like, some crossing routes. They were going vertical and horizontal at the same time. They're making some big plays. Juju Smith Schuster had a massive game. And one thing that really stood out to me was the way they ran the RPOs. People have been critiquing the Steelers' run rush offense. I think it's dead last in the NFL in the past five weeks, probably. But what they were doing was they were running RPOs, which I think is really smart. I think they should definitely try to use that in the playoffs. And Claypool and Juju... And Big Ben, they were all just making plays, man. And it was uh, it was really good to watch. Um, Steelers looked like they found their identity finally on offense. On the defensive side, Minka Fitzpatrick was fantastic in the second half. He was kind of playing in the box to prevent the crossing routes, the shallow routes. The Steelers' defense is already really good. But um, when the Colts had their final opportunity to go down and score, Phillip Rivers looked uncomfortable and, you know, the pass rush was getting to him. His offensive line was a little bit banged up, but he couldn't make his reads properly, man. He couldn't go through the progression. He just saw one He, he saw one opportunity on his, on his pre-snap reads, and he just threw it. He couldn't read the defense, and he couldn't go through his progressions because he wasn't getting enough time back there. And I think the winners today were the Steelers. Now, I have to, I have to, I'm sorry, laugh at Atlanta um, I don't know. I really don't know how you mess up that many times. First, you have the Cowboys, then the Lions. Now you have the best team in the NFL. I mean, they probably would have lost in overtime, let's be honest here, because the Chiefs had all the momentum. But how do you miss a field goal, man? How? Do, h- how? Seriously. At this point, I think what Atlanta needs is a, a, just a new team. I'm sorry Falcons I'm really sorry but you know Atlanta um, you know there's always next season hopefully they figure things out they have Calvin Ridley they have Julio Jones Todd Gurley too this defense you know I don't think anyone will hold Patrick Mahomes to 17 points in the playoffs I, I, I doubt that he'll play next week because the Chiefs already clinched the number one seed in the AFC so I don't think he'll play but Atlanta, you had your opportunity, but but no. Okay, speaking of the playoffs, let's talk about the playoff rankings, their standings. My friend Austin Galdo asked me this. He wanted me to talk about the playoffs, so let's talk about the playoffs a little bit. The AFC is by far the more competitive conference this season. Teams with 10 wins can't even get into the playoffs right now. That's how crazy competitive it is. The Kansas City Chiefs have the number one seed. The Pittsburgh Steelers will probably have the number two seed. If the Buffalo Bills went out and the Steelers went out, the Buffalo Bills would get it because they have the head-to-head win. Um, the Titans oof, the Titans had a bad loss today. I'm sorry, I didn't want to cover that game. It was just a blowout, man. The Terry Henry couldn't get going. They got a bad break with that Aaron Jones run. It looked like Devontae Adams was on a different planet. His cuts on the snow. I mean, I love watching snow games, but it was just a blowout. I kind of just turned it off after after the third quarter because because I didn't really feel like watching it anymore. But Devontae Adams was playing crazy. His cuts, his route running were on point. The Titans had a bad loss today, but they still they have a good chance of making the playoffs. They need to get a win against Houston, which I think they will. So the teams that are fighting for the—remember, remember, there is seven teams this year in the playoffs. Only one team gets a first-round by, which is Kansas City already. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to play next week. If he does, he does. He'll probably play for like one or two quarters. But the teams that are fighting for the five, six, and seven spots are the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland. and the, Okay. Buffalo already clinched their division. I think the Titans will win. Next week, and they'll clinch their division as well. Now, Miami has to play Buffalo next week. Okay, I I don't know how Miami is gonna do. Um, if if Buffalo plays their starters, I don't see Miami beating them. But if somehow they do beat them, Miami's in. Baltimore plays Cincinnati. I think they'll get that win. So I think Baltimore is a lot for the playoffs. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are gonna upset the Baltimore Ravens the way they upset the Steelers. I don't see that happening. You never know with football, but I don't see that happening. With Cleveland, though, they're playing the Steelers, and if the Steelers play their starters, okay, this is gonna sound kind of bad because Cleveland just lost to the New York Jets. In that game, you know they didn't have their four starting um, wide receivers because they got they had COVID reasons. I hope they're all back, and I really want to see Cleveland go back to the playoffs. They haven't been to the playoffs ever since Bill Belichick coached them in like the '90s, late 90s. I want to see Cleveland go back to the playoffs. I'm really rooting for them, but if Cleveland loses next week and Indianapolis wins, Indianapolis goes through. If Indianapolis loses next week and they play the Jaguars, if they lose to the Jaguars, I, I, um, it's going to be Miami, Tennessee, Baltimore and Cleveland going through no matter what happens if they win or lose. So Indianapolis has to win. I think they will win that game. It's against the Jags. Like, come on now. So yeah, that's the case in the AFC. Let's talk about the NFC. So the NFC is a little more complicated. You have three teams that are fighting for the that are fighting for the number one spot. You have the Packers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. All three of them won their division. I don't really want to go too much into who's going to get the first round by. But here's the interesting thing, okay? Chicago, with their quarterback fiasco, with is it Nick Foles or is it Trubisky? Who do we trust? Do we play better under Trubisky? Do we play better under Nick Foles? Chicago has a good chance of making the playoffs. Do I think they'll make it? Probably not because they're playing the Green Bay Packers. No, actually, I take that back. I take that back. One key matchup to look out for next week, this is going to be the game that I'm going to be watching, is the Arizona versus St. Louis Rams game, okay? Arizona beats St. Louis. They are in. And the Rams are in, okay? If the Rams win and Arizona loses, the Chicago Bears are going to the playoffs, even if they lose to Green Bay, okay? Now, if, if, this is a big if, I I don't think it will happen, but if Arizona beats the Rams and Chicago beats Green Bay, which I don't think will happen because Aaron Rodgers will be playing because he wants the first round by, the Rams are going to be out of the playoffs. So NFC is, there's, there's a little more of a, you know, it's more of a variable factor there. And in the NFC East, who, who will get the fourth seed is guaranteed. The Washington football team are playing the Eagles next week. If they beat the Eagles... They are in, they're going to the playoffs, which I want, which I want to see. I want to see Alex Smith in the playoffs. It'd be a good, a good thing for his comeback story. But if they lose to the Eagles, the winner of the Dallas Giants game makes the playoffs. Can you imagine if the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs? That would be insane. So yeah, that's how the playoff um shapes out for now. The top three teams in the NFC are still fighting for that first-round bye. So you're not going to see a lot of players resting. The Saints, the Packers, the Seahawks, they're all sort of all fighting it out for the um, number one seed in the first-round bye, which I think is really important, especially with COVID. So that's everything on the NFL playoffs for now. Next week, by this time, we'll figure out the teams that are going in, and I will fill out a bracket to give you my Super Bowl picks. But now I want to go over some of the questions that I got from the listeners from the first week. So the first question comes from my boy Alec. Alec is asking, "Or how much of a threat are the Dolphins? I think right now in the wildcard spot, the Dolphins are in the best spot out of all the teams because if any of the other teams lose, so if the Ravens lose or the Browns lose or the Colts lose, they're in. They are in. And that's the spot that you want to be in because if you go out and you lose, you're you're still in, okay? I think they are in the best spot out of all of those other teams. So and the Dolphins are a threat, but they need Ryan Fitzpatrick to play like the way he did. Um they want some close games. Um, which isn't you know a knock on them, but the Dolphins need Ryan Fitzpatrick. But what a great turnout for the Dolphins! They had the sixth pick in the draft last year, and now they are a playoff contender. So the Dolphins did a really good job. All right, next question. All right, this one comes from Carson. Carson asked, "How big of a factor was Brady this year to the for the Bucks?" Okay, Brady was the biggest factor for the Bucks, not the biggest one of the biggest factors for the Bucs. Todd Bowles was a great defensive coordinator. Um, if you watch the Lions game, what the Bucks do is they blitz you from all angles and they, they're not really predictable. They're playing five guys, six guys from different angles, which is amazing. But what Brady does that Jameis didn't do very well was Brady doesn't mind taking a sack. Brady will go down, he'll get up, and he'll start screaming at his offensive linemen to block better. What Jameis would do is Jameis would run around throw up a prayer, and hopefully Mike Evans catches it. Or he'll just run around, take a big sack, and then he'll get up. You know Brady doesn't mind taking hits. What I would like for the Buccaneers to do is, though, I liked that fact that they ran the no-huddle offense against the Lions. I think it created a good tempo for them. Um, They were moving the ball well down the field. But if you run no-huddle, run it the way Peyton Manning did it, when he played with the Broncos, you know um, take out take off more time off the clock because this defense, this defense is good, man. But you can't have this defense, especially in the playoffs, go out there for so long because this defense plays so fast and they attack. They're not a reactive defense, they attack, they'll blitz you, they'll hit you. Um, so they're playing at a quick pace. If Brady could take off more time off the clock, this defense will shine in the playoffs and the box will make a good run. But they need to make sure that the defense doesn't stay out there for too long. And I think Brady Brady just gives them that advantage. So that's all the questions I had time for, guys. I want to keep it below 25 minutes. The next podcast drop will be on Thursday, on the last day of the year. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you for listening. Um, If you have any good feedback, if you have any likes or dislikes, send me a message. And I hope you guys all have a good day. Thank you.